The Adventures of Randon Rockseeker, Episode 5. The morning after Virgil's big revelations, we made our way to the Townmaster's Hall to reconnect with Sildar Hallwinter. We approached the main door, and I was surprised to find it locked when Lewis tried to open it. I looked at the sun and said, By this time of day, the Townmaster should be seeing to the needs of his people. Why would this door be locked? The rest all looked at each other and shrugged. The elf had his skinny long nose stuck in a book, so he had no idea what was happening. I stepped up to the door, and with me hammer, I rapped three times, very hard. I think on the third, I may have dented the very solid wooden door. Just a bit. We waited on the step for what felt like a very long time. Then, doing be praised, there was some movement behind the door. A small hatch slid back, and a pair of beady, bulging eyes peered through. A reedy, wheezing voice said, Yes? Lewis stooped down slightly and said, Greetings, good sir. We have come to see the townmaster of this quaint village. Would you be he? Gods preserve me. More of the noble's flowery language. So many words. What do you want? Was the terse response. We have come to parley with the townmaster, along with our esteemed acquaintance, Sildar Hallwinter. He has told us that we are expected. Now be a good lad and fetch your master. At that, the small beady eyes went wide and the hatch was slammed shut. Then we heard what had to have been a heavy bar put in place across the door, followed by a set of hasty steps fading away into the distance. Virgil, I said, put your keen halfling ear to that door and tell us what ye hear. Virgil nodded and dug a small cup from her coat pocket. She put the cup to the door and her ear to the cup. After a bit, Virgil said, It is hard to hear much. I can tell you that it is a bit of a heated conversation, but... I think they are at the far end of the hall. She listened for quite some time and then said, Ah, someone is coming. We heard the bar being removed, the lock being undone, then another and another and another. This townmaster must like things secure. Either that or he's a bleeding coward. The door opened swiftly and we were greeted by Sildar Hallwinter. Ah, my friends, I am sorry for the delay. Harbin can be a bit overcautious by times. Seldar led us into the hall, and at the far end was a large stone chair with a man sitting in it. As we drew near, I very quickly saw that this man was not cautious, nor did he like to keep things secure. No, I could tell at a moment's glance. This man was indeed a fat, pompous fool. And that was before he spoke. My opinion were confirmed when he opened his weasley mouth. Sildar, you have no authority to let these people into my hall. Relax, Harbin. 
I can vouch for these folk. My friends, this is Harbin Wester, townmaster of Fandolin. Well met, good townmaster, said Lewis, as he extended his hand in greeting. Wester recoiled back into his chair and pulled his hands to his chest. Not a friendly sort, said Garland to Barian. The elf pulled his nose out of the book long enough to squint at Wester and then nod agreement. Sildar shook his head and said, I have taken it upon myself as an agent of the Lord's Alliance to re-establish some modicum of order in and around Fandolin. Wester sneered and opened his mouth to speak, but Sildar held up a single finger and said, Not a word, Harbin. You well know I have the authority to do this. Pray I don't decide to replace you. Wester went completely white, and he said, You can't. You wouldn't. Sildar replied, Just watch me, in a very dangerous voice. With that, Wester's jaw shut with an audible click. Sildar gestured to a large table and invited us to be seated. It was more than obvious that he was not including Wester in that invitation. The poor sign Wester simply sat in his chair with a sour look on his face. Sildar spoke to us about the need to get things straightened out in Fandolin, especially if me cousins have indeed succeeded in finding Wave Echo Cave. Wester sniveled. Wave Echo Cave is a myth and nothing more. Best you all forget you ever heard about it. Sildar ignored him and said, I'm going to do everything in my power to see order return to this village. I cannot do it alone. There are a number of things that I would like to see you accomplish if you're willing. Lewis was obviously starting to understand his role as our leader. I was just as happy to let someone else lead as long as I can crack a few skulls and tend to our wounds. Oh, and find a wee bit of treasure while I'm at it. I may be a cleric, but I'm a dwarf first. Sildar went on. There are three pressing needs in this town. We need to locate the whereabouts of Cragmaw Castle, rescue Gundren, and recover his map. At the mention of Cragmaw Castle, Wester let out a small whine. That place is home to this King Grohl, and he needs to be dealt with. Garland, Lewis, and I were nodding our heads. Baron was still studying, oblivious to what were going on around us. Virgil had her hood up again and just stared at the table. Sildar continued. We must discover the fate of Yarno Albrecht. From what I could gleam, last night, Yarno was last seen in the area of Tresendar Manor. Which brings us to the third thing these 
red brands. At the mention of that group, Wester actually whimpered and then said, Let's not make the situation worse, Sildar. I couldn't keep quiet. Worse? How can it be worse? I got up from my chair and made my way up to the weasel. Well, calling him a weasel is not really close to this man's character. Even a weasel will defend itself and its pack. You've got these criminals stealing, extorting, murdering, and kidnapping the people you're meant to be protecting, I bellowed. If ye are too much of a craven to do something about it, then me and me friends will. Well said, Brandon, said Garland. It seems we have found the quests we were really sent here to discover. He gestured to the elf and said, We're in. Lewis and I also agreed to do what we could. Virgil was understandably nervous, but even she nodded her head. Good, said Zildar. I'll make sure you are all well rewarded if you succeed. No need for rewards, said Lewis. Order is its own reward. To which I said, Well then, your highness, I'll take your share. Wester was silent and had gone very pale. But he did not try to stop us, though I would have liked to have seen him try. We left the hall and attended to some business, picking up some supplies. As we were leaving one of the shops, we were confronted by a raggedy group of five red brands in their matching red cloaks though the cloaks were grimy and tattered. Well, well, what have we here? said one of the curs. Look, a group of adventurers. I bet they have a few coins that they can spare to keep themselves safe. Lewis smiled and said, Hail and well met. I am Lewis. I and my companions are traveling through this region in search of a friend of ours. As he spoke, I could see him gently easing his sword in its scabbard. Look, Brack, this one sounds like some kind of noble. Bet you he's rich. The one called Brack said, Heh <laughs> not for long. Then he pulled out a rather nasty-looking dagger. Give us all your coin, and we'll let you live. Well, then a bunch of things happened all at once. Garland gently took the book from Varian and whispered something into the elf's ear. Lois ripped his sword free and without a word cut off Brack's hand. The hand fell to the ground, still holding the dagger. I turned to the nearest foe and brought me hammer to bear. I swung at the red brand's head but caught nothing but air. His eyes widened, and he tried to slash at me with his dagger. He made contact, but blessedly 
He didn't get through me chain mail. Garland whirled his axe around and dropped one of the foes in a single chop. Barion sighed and shot a bright blue ray of frost into the chest of one of our enemies. He didn't fall, but he weren't looking so spry either. Virgil dodged between the red brands looking for an opening. She found it in the man I was engaged with. The sneak stabbed the poor lad in the throat. And he all too quickly bled out in front of me. Virgil again winked at me. The nerve. The rest of the fight were brief. Garland bunked Brack on top of the head and he dropped like a sack of stones. Lewis found a spot on one where his sword slid nicely under his arm and out his back. The last one, the one burying it with the frost, tried to flee, only to be stopped in his tracks by an arrow from Virgil's short bow. Brack, we discovered, was not dead. So we tied him up and dragged him down the street to the townmaster's hall. Many of the town folk watched. They watched the fight. And there were a couple of uneasy grins at seeing the red brand dragged away. The others we just left in the street for the crows. When we got back to the hall, the door was closed but not locked. I flung it open and we entered. The townmaster saw us dragging the unconscious Brack along with us, and he went white, and he screamed, What have you done? I answered, Your job is what? This criminal and a few of his accomplices tried to rob us in broad daylight the middle of the main street. Wester sat down hard onto his chair. Hid his, held his head in his hands. What happened to the other red brands? I grinned and asked Garland. Would you like to tell him, or shall I? Garland returned the grin and said, Oh, by all means, Randon, I couldn't deprive you of this. I turned to Wester and said, You want the long story or the short one? The fat man kept his head down and just sat there shaking. I took that to mean he wanted the short story. They all met with a rather untimely demise. Wester's head shot up so fast I thought he was going to pass out. And he said, How many? Garland said, Well, let's see. Lewis dropped one, I ended another, and our Virgil managed two. Wester went whiter, if that were possible, and said, Four? You killed four of them? Do you have any idea what you have done? He sank back into his chair and actually started to sob. I said, You got a cell we can put this one in? While we interrogate him? Wester just shook his head. Sildar answered. Yes, right this way. And he led us down the stairs into the basement. There we found a nice, cozy, damp, dark 
cold cell, replete with manacles on the wall and a rather stained table. What those stains were, I did no want to find out. I said, and I, this'll do nicely. Lewis and Garland put the man into the manacles while I picked up a bucket that was full of a foul-smelling water. I threw the water at the red brand only to find it were not water. Uh, it were the chamber pot. Oops, I said as Brack came to. Noting his uh, predicament, he started out all bluster. You can't do this to me. I'm a red brand. I demand you let me go at once. Lewis turned to me and said, Brandon, do you have any experience in these kinds of conversations? Aye, your majesty, I said. I do. Well then, I'll leave him to your tender mercies. I'll watch, and maybe I'll learn a thing or two. Right-o, I eagerly replied. Now, Redbrand, why should we release you? Because if you don't, this town will suffer. Glassstaff will see what you've done, and your lives won't be worth living. Will he now? I replied. Your Glassstaff has me quaking in me boots. Perhaps you can tell me where to find this wizard, and my friends and I will pay him a visit. I'm no informant, Brack sneered. You'll get nothing out of me. Oh, won't I, I said with a wicked grin. Then I took the old dagger I used to execute the goblin out. It wore an ugly blade, and it even had some blood and hair left on it. I then pretended to clean under me nails with it. I said, Well, lad, if I were you, I'd say the same. So if you ain't gonna talk, then I have no use for ye. I stepped up to the man and said over me shoulder, Say, Marion, where should I start cutting? I asked Barion because I was sure he'd never answer. Because he was still reading that book. But the pointy-eared one surprised me. Without looking up from his book, he said, Save me a testicle. I have need of one for an experiment. Rarely am I surprised, but this was one of those times. I didn't let the joy show. I wanted to laugh out loud, but all I did was nod and say, Right, good place to start then. Brack said, You, you, you wouldn't. He looked at Garland and said, He wouldn't. Garland never blinked. He looked the man in the eyes and said, Yes, yes he would. With that, I used the dagger to cut the man's belt and his ragged pants fell to the grimy floor. That's all it took. The man spilled everything he knew. He told us that they'd been hired by this black spider to frighten off adventurers 
and to terrorize the locals. He confirmed that their hideout was indeed in the basement of the manor house. And he concluded by telling us about some kind of agreement with a weird-eyed creature who also inhabits the sub-level. I knew that was all he had because he began to repeat himself in hopes of sounding like he knew more. Thank ye, lad, I said, and then turned to the elf and said, Sorry, Barian, you're going to have to find another testicle to experiment with. The elf never looked up, and he simply replied, Pity. Well, me friends, I said, I always find a good interrogation leaves me famished. How about we get some food? Virgil said, out of earshot of Brack. I bet my aunt, Killeen, will feed us like royalty. Well then, Virgil, said Lewis, lead the way. And we went up the road toward Virgil's aunt's farm.